Hello friends, it's BungaCast. This is Alex here with George and Phil. This is another Alpha bonus bonus where we respond to your questions and criticisms and comments, mainly drawn from Patreon, occasionally from elsewhere, from email and so on. Um, and uh, people seem to enjoy these. Uh, so we're very happy to keep continuing doing these every six weeks, six to eight weeks or so. Um, but before we do that, um, taking up a suggestion from a listener, we're going to do a little um, summer reading list. I mean, for those of you at least which is the vast majority of you in the Northern Hemisphere for whom it is summer and all winter. Um, so for, at least my recommendations are things that I will be reading the next months, but aren't exactly summer reading. But anyway, um, I'll, we'll start with George. Uh, what are you uh, looking forward to reading both fiction and nonfiction? Yeah, so I guess it, it's, it's the difference between the things that you intend to read and the things that you actually read. I think, I think there's going to be quite a gap um, and so the thing, some of the things that I'm intending to read and I, I've bought and um, kind of am looking forward to reading. Um, one is Adrian Papp's book on post-liberalism, which I think could be uh, could be really interesting. Um, but I'm also being stared at from from my bookshelves by um, something a bit less highbrow. The Couple at Number Nine by Claire Douglas, which is like one of these like eerie thrillers, like um, a kind of beach beach read and I read a, I read a lot of I basically intend to read all these books about political theory but then when it comes to the crunch I will generally pick up a regional British detective <laughs> novel uh, one just in the uh, Peak District just finished so um, yeah I think those are my I don't want to I don't want to commit too much typical because <laughs> I will I will say I'm going to read oh yeah I'm actually, actually want to dip into the Grundrisse um, but I'm, I mean will I actually do that maybe maybe not <laughs> dip like while you're dipping into the pool on your summer holiday you're just dip into the grundrisse a bit like that um, exactly yeah phil yeah so i'm after lockdown and all the insanity of the last few years and um and also many years of not actually taking proper holidays i'm trying this year to do an actual full-on um proper french style holiday so i'm taking three weeks in spain Barcelona just outside Barcelona in August and so in keeping with that I was going to reread uh, Homage to Catalonia which I haven't you know haven't looked at in ages and I'll be interested to kind of read it I guess being um, being older I was also gonna I'm gonna just read I guess some stuff on uh, Spanish history perhaps uh, one of the um, books by the British historian of the Spanish Civil War Peter Preston and also um, finish the forging of a rebel which is uh, an autobiographical trilogy of books which is written by uh, arturo barea um, i think i pronounced his name right who is a journalist who um uh, fought on the republican side in the spanish civil war and uh, fled to the uk after franco took power so basically a spanish spanish themed holiday for a holiday in spain very good um i will uh well i've just started reading I, I had two books that I started reading a while ago, put them down, and now I actually decided to read them in earnest. It's uh, The Road by Cormac McCarthy and a Portuguese novel, uh, which came out in 1995, uh, whose title in English is Blindness in, uh, in Portuguese. It's an it's essay on really blindness. Good. Really good. Uh, I mean, I read it in English. It's really good. Jose yeah. Saramago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, both kind of dystopian, I suppose, in their own ways, um, and both with very particular typesetting 
which normally isn't a selling point for 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 a book because you just want to read the actual words and not how they're laid out. But um, I think even that is is an interesting element. Um, and then in terms of uh, nonfiction, um, I'm looking forward to when I get a little bit of free time uh, to read Rachel Lawden's Cuisine and Empire: Cooking in World History, which uh, presents a sort of modernist account of a lot of. Uh, Ah, where a lot of food and recipes come from, a lot of which is far more recent than we tend to think. Um, so uh, I guess pushing my modernist uh, angle into food, two things that I really like, um, as well as other things I should be reading maybe for the podcast, uh, Gary Gersel's new big book on uh, neoliberalism, uh, which relates to an episode which uh, will be coming out next week, I think, listener, uh, on uh, Fritz Bartel's The Triumph of Broken Promises about the end of the Cold War and, and the rise of neoliberalism. And uh, hopefully also read um, some background reading for our upcoming reading club, where we're starting the new section on uh, cynical ideology. And I'm going to be reading uh, Peter Sloterdijk's The Critique of Cynical Reason, which is a, a very important book from the late 80s in Germany, which Zizek uh, draws a lot from. So hopefully I can uh, not just discuss the Zizek, but the, the background stuff and uh, therefore sound smart. Um, well, you'll you be guys are so, so pretentious. Like... I mean, I mean, if you actually do read all of these books that you've just listed, then you know, well done. I, I will, I will be impressed. But it's, I mean, um, it's a few books. I'm taking maybe three books. I've read part of the trilogy that I mentioned already. I wanted to finish it. It's not like, and is it so pretentious to read books about a country that you're visiting? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, you should read you books know, about regions of of the UK. That should be your starting <laughs> point. Um, Typically, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, oh, yeah. I, be, be, I, be pretentious and you may land on the moon, you know. Are you, um, are you I, even, are you even, are you even going on holiday, George, like anywhere outside the UK or, or you're going to celebrate the end of lockdown by staying in the UK? I'm going to Devon. It's a beautiful county in this country. I'm not ashamed of, of this country. You, you may be, uh, Phil, but I'm, you should I'm be. not. You should be, but yeah, you know. <laughs> um, no, the, the, yeah, I mean, I, I should maybe I should uh, raise my expectations of myself a little bit and um, t- take on a, 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 a chunkier set of, of readings. But I thought you were a I lockdown would... skeptic, George. What do you mean? Well, you're still practicing lockdown, so why, despite guys, being lo- over... lockdown has been over for ages. What are you? What are you even talking about? Well, that's I why think... I'm asking why George is deciding to stay in the UK. He's not going on a holiday, no. Oh no, I just like to keep my carbon footprint as small as possible, but. That's just me. I just care about the, you know, the, the world yeah. not burning. But fine if you if you if that's what you want. Um, no, yeah. Well, I mean, but I don't. I don't know. Let's 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 see. I'm gonna pitch low and then go high and say like, here's all of the books that I've read when we come back at, to review this in the autumn. Very good. Yeah. Well, there'll be uh, there'll be assigned uh, book reviews. Uh, to make sure everyone's done the reading. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get cracking on Alpha Bonus Bonus, where we respond to your questions. Um, let's get started with uh, first an email from uh, Tim Abrahams, uh, who's a long-time listener, first-time caller. Hi, Tim. <laughs> he uh, is wondering whether uh, the following question makes him a fascist or not. Um, but, you know, we're, we're uh, ecumenical here. Um, in what way does the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, Tim asks, relate to the international lockdowns, particularly in Europe or the USA from 2020 to 2022? Is the Russian invasion related to a wider collapse of statecraft? Or was it simple opportunism? Did Putin sense vulnerability? Or was the overwhelming signifier to Putin being US withdrawal in Afghanistan? 
or do these things just have nothing to do with one another? Um, and also he asked for us to do a shout out to his cousin, Sean, uh, who's just off on her honeymoon in Italy with her partner, Anthony. Um, don't get to do those very often. I kind of enjoy that. Yeah, he's kind of cool. Yeah. But as I mean, given the fact he's worried about being a fash, I think it's only appropriate that George should cancel, cancel Tim. So if you're worried about being a fascist, then you almost certainly are a fascist. And that's the thing that I would say to, to Tim. I mean, and <clears throat> listeners may or may not realize Tim uh, accompanied, well, didn't accompany. He was already there in, in LA when Alex and I recorded the Bunga, uh, the Cali Bunga series. Yes, um, where he features in, in fact. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So actually not first time caller, but somebody who's, who's <laughs> or actually been on, on already. Um, anyhow, the, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how the Russian invasion of Ukraine relates to, to lockdowns. There's certainly, I guess there is a sense or one of the lessons that you can draw from that was the, the general sense of like lack of ideas amongst, amongst states, statesmen, states people. So like you could, I guess you could take the lesson from that if you're Putin or, or anybody that, yeah, what, what's the, what are the probability that you're going to have a concerted international response to, to an act of aggression in the, in Ukraine? Well, maybe not so, maybe not so high, like the populations are demobilized and demoralized and, you know, distracted by this, this other thing. So maybe the time is right. You've got to, you've got to take your chance, but I, I don't know what, what, to, I don't know why Tim thinks that would make him a fascist that's that's my i must yeah. be missing something about the question unless, slightly, unless he has a guilty conscience <laughs> yeah. i'm slightly puzzled as well um i don't i don't i mean i don't really i'm not sure i you know that it was kind of uh putin saw a kind of an opportunity um growing out of the u.s withdrawal from afghanistan i mean it's kind of counterintuitive i mean if the u.s was in afghanistan presumably it'd be more difficult for them to deal with an invasion so he should have done it sooner I think it's more driven by um, my read of it, at least would be it's more driven by what's happening in Russia itself, in the sense that this is uh, kind of um, a make or break uh, situation in terms of Russia, you know, Russia's power, kind of um, uh, its demographic capacity um, declining over time. And it's so it's this was the opportunity, you know, more or less kind of this time frame of these few years around now with the final opportunity that Putin had in order to um secure i suppose uh the russian state and his vision of it at least and with respect to nato expansion and with respect to the us um particularly in advance of another american election so i mean i would read it more in terms of the wider kind of um you know the wider context rather than simply a response to uh, to the withdrawal. But that said, I mean, it seems to me like if you see how poorly, and this came up in the episode that we had with Richard Sacco, I guess we'll talk about it, how poorly prepared strategically and ideologically kind of Russian soldiers were, even the top echelons of the Russian elite didn't seem to know the invasion was going to happen up until the very last minute. It seems like, you know, and the fact that it all happened under the show of US satellites, um, I think probably it was on Putin's part, he, it was right up to the last minute, whether it was kind of saber rattling to extract as many concessions as he could without fighting or to go in full in an invasion. I think he probably, you know, left it right till the last moment, um, because I think that would be this, the, that would be the explanation that's most consistent with how the run up to the invasion played earlier this year. Mm, yeah. No. And I guess the only other aspect to add to there would be really coincidental things that maybe the lockdown 
you know, allowed Russia time to build up its sanctions building capacities, sanctions, excuse me, sanctions busting capacities, um, which it seems to have been able to, to do. Um, and there was also a rise in oil prices before that, which obviously also played into Russia's hands to a certain extent and why it's able to withstand the sanctions that are going on. Anyway, we discussed all this with Richard Sakwa. Um, we're going to take another question, which is another sort of general point um, before we go through episode by episode. Uh, and this is uh, from Dan O'Hara, who says that in the Canadian province of Ontario, the Progressive Con Conservative Party and their pseudo-populist candidate, Doug Ford, uh, you'll remember that surname. It's not, though, it, it's a different guy. Uh, the late crack smoking mayor of, of Toronto was his brother. Um, so uh, Doug Ford was re-elected a few weeks ago. Ford bungled COVID in every way imaginable, first by initially implementing a nonsensical and erratic lockdown policy with neither rhyme nor reason, which angered liberal progressives, and then extended the lockdowns pretty much indefinitely, angering a substantial section of his own base. Uh, turnout dropped 13 percentage points to 43%, the lowest in Ontario's history. Ford is already remembered as doing a quote-unquote decent job handling COVID, contrary to all reporting from all sides over the past two years. Bizarre stuff. Indeed, I think that's something that can resonate elsewhere, uh, <laughs> where um, no one did a good job of COVID, more or less, and no one really held to account for it. I don't think they're really seeing any political consequences. People were just happy for it to all be over. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.